Alright, here we go. Welcome to episode 110 of Auto Off Topic. 110%. Yep, all the way through. Yep, probably not this episode. Or ever, really. We always give 110%. Yeah, because it's the impossible. the amount of effort we could give. 60% of the time, we give 110%. Every time. Yep. What's up, Brad? Not too much. Did you make show notes this evening, sir? I did. And maybe I shared them with you. Maybe I didn't. Mm, don't think you did. But we'll just keep going with it. Yeah. So, well, In the meantime, why don't you share them with me so I know what's I will. going on. It's pretty straightforward. We'll get right into Project Car updates. The Talon, pretty up, much good to go. Up, down, up, down updates. Yeah. Uh, did some shakedown miles. Feels good. Change the oil. Change the control on the ball joint. Put the mirror on. Got an inspection sticker. I got the mirror painted. That's right. We took... It was like... That mirror had been sitting out in the sun for a while in the parts car. Yeah, it was junk. It was so crazed. Yeah. And like, it looked like it was supposed to be textured plastic, and it's not it's supposed to be smooth it's supposed plastic. Supposed to be smooth plastic, yeah. What, you guys sanded that down? Uh, sanded it with uh, 80 grit at first, just Ooh. to give it some bite. Wow. Yeah. Um, went down to, I think, 320, and then put some like heavy build filler primer on it, uh-huh. and then uh, sanded that down smooth, and then painted it. Yeah, it came out nice. It took a lot of work, but we got it done. And it matches perfectly. Because you said there's only like two shades of black? No, 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 no. There's there's lots of shades of black. Oh, okay. Um, But there's two basic shades of black. Okay. With, like other shades. And there's, there's like a brown black and a black black. So we, Without getting into like metallics? No, there's uh, there's just lighter and darker, and you can change it around a lot. But wow. there's like, if it comes to like straight, straight black, it's like there's really two choices that used to be made. Yeah. Um, it's different now, but whatever. I painted it black. I was like, just make it black. Make it as black as you can make it black. And it matches just fine. So Yeah, it matches the rest of the stuff. Yep. And I don't even notice the part I damaged on the door. Oh, really? It hides it pretty well? Yeah. Okay. Everybody at Rad would be sure to look really closely. Great. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, what I didn't do... Don't actually, because I have many more flaws on my car. Um, the window belt line yeah change those over you can't change them because they don't make them anymore oh i thought you're talking about the one you had to glass. no the rubber one that runs against the window is that the belt molding too is Uh, it different yeah well it's kind of sure sort of yes i don't know what it'd be called it's like a wiper it's a wiper yeah it's rubberized so the rubber part that slides against the glass is fine but then the aluminum part that it's attached the to black had rubberized finish. over it yep. that rubber had peeled off for a lot of years actually i put electrical tape over it and it looked fine and, and nobody like, noticed nope and i was like i'm gonna peel that off and finally paint it and i haven't done that yet so i might just put some electrical tape back over it and forget about it yeah it works it looked pretty good and it literally was like that for like 10 to 15 years yeah it works it's funny on a unrelated story we had a car come in the shop um that had black moldings right there um, and I ordered them from the dealership and they came in chrome and I had called the dealership and been like, Hey, these are supposed to be chrome on this car. They're black on this car. Mm-hmm. And they called me back later on the day and they were like, Nope, they only make them chrome. And it turned out that he had painted them all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but it kind of ruined progress in that car for a day. Cause I stopped working on it, parked it back outside. just waiting for the correct parts to come in. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, those parts don't exist. You know what I noticed is on Stephanie's cross track, the, she has the mid-level trim because that's the highest one you can get with the six-speed. Okay. And the top-level ones actually have chrome belt moldings on the car. Oh, really? Kind of looks weird, I think, in a modern car. 
It does look. I actually, prefer the black. This was an Impreza that I was talking about as well. They only came in Chrome on that level Impreza. Yeah. So. So why couldn't they just give you the? Uh, well, dealerships want to sell you things by VIN. Yeah. So. Yeah. But don't go off the book. Oh my God. Anyway, like yeah, you have was, a brain. You know. You, yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. Yep. <laughs> People, if you know what you're doing, I do you it can, every day. You can look so. up parts without a VIN. It helps. But if you know enough about the car line, you can do it without it and make it work. So we sent my, uh, actually the owner of my shop drove probably 30 miles each way today to go pick up a grill molding for a car because somebody at the shop lost the other one. Yeah. And we specified to the parts guy on the phone that we needed the passenger side. Passenger side. The passenger side. Didn't say right or left. Passenger side. We might have said right once, but we kept saying passenger side. Because that way there's no confusion. No confusion at all. And we got a left. But you couldn't tell because it's like an oblong shape. Uh, so he picked it up and everything looked fine. And he drove back with it all the way back to where the shop is. And mm-hmm. I delivered the car to the customer today, minus one molding, and told them we'd uh, give them a call when it comes in and we'll snap it in. Yeah, not to go too on a tangent. Yeah, I typically, I always say drivers or passenger side. 100%. Because generally, we're always dealing with left-hand drive vehicles. Yep. That's the way the car is set up in the United States. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying right or left, you just say drivers or passenger side. Yeah. Because no matter what direction in your mind, no confusion. you're picturing the car, there's no confusion. Yeah. But unfortunately, people still are not smart. This is true. That's why we're parts professionals. Yeah, well, they all consider themselves parts professionals. So. Anyway. They get paid to, paid to sell parts. Shots. So, yeah. uh, Sapporo. Where are we at? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so talk about it. Make where, you feel better. Where did we leave off last time? I spun my tail of junkyard transmissions. That was... Got the transmission in. Yep. We drove the car. Yeah. I feel like that happened before last week. Nope. No, it did because we didn't record on Wednesday night because we finished putting the transmission in. No, you finished resealing the pan that Wednesday night and filling it and driving it around the neighborhood. Right. Yep. That was Thursday, though. That was Wednesday night. So we did talk about it. We did. We talked about it on Thursday's show. Okay. Yep. So we're there. Yep. So in between last Thursday and today and recording the show tonight, yeah. I didn't get a chance to work on it this weekend because I had a lot of other stuff in my personal life going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some time away from the car. So last night, I was going to swap the wheels over from my Starion on to the Sapporo because I want to run a more period correct oh, wheel. Mm, oh, Sapporo. Um, I have a customer in the shop right now also. His last name is Starion. Oh. But they drive a Mercedes. Missed opportunity. They should be driving crappy old 80s Mitsubishis. Yep. Um, anyway, where was I going with that? Okay, so yeah, last night I was going to swap over the wheels from the car to the other car. AK-92s. Yep, AK-92s to fight, Which replace have the... ancient snow tires on them. Yeah, they're probably from, what, 09? That's ancient. I would, I would say, that's, yeah. That's 10 years they're almost. Ancient. I'm, I'm going to change them before the weekend. Oh, yeah. That is the plan. So I get to my father's garage because you were not around to do things in your father's garage, and neither was he. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the scenario is kept is at my father's garage. Um, my father's garage has gone from a place of working on cars to a place of looking at cars while watching television. Ooh. 
Yeah. Shots fired. It's not shots fired. That's what he likes. So it's okay. He doesn't like wrenching anymore because he just enjoys driving his cars. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of years wrenching on his cars, and now he doesn't want to anymore. So it's okay. I get it. But there's no jack stands anymore because he's using them to support four corners of a trailer in the backyard. All right. So that's annoying. So I called your father to see if I could borrow some jack stands from your garage across the street, but it was locked and he wasn't home. So I was frustrated, and I said, all right, well, there was a little rust spot on the door um, where it looked like the paint had cracked and some moisture had gotten underneath. So I was going to sand it down and put some rust converter on it, turn it back into nice metal, and just touch it up. Mm-hmm. So it didn't get any worse. Sure. Apparently, at some point in the car's life, something had made a mark on the inside of the door, and it had been rusting for many, many, many years from the inside out. So the second I touched that rusty spot, there was a, what do you say, it's a quarter inch? Yeah. Eighth inch to a quarter inch Maybe hole. like a penny or a dime. Smaller than that. Okay. Much smaller than that. Slightly smaller than a penny then. I'd say much smaller than a penny. Anyway. I have pence. Yes. Hey, Penny. Um, so there's a hole in my door. There's no rust on this car anywhere. The car is flawless. The pinch welds are flawless. The floors are flawless. There's one random spot now, dead center in the middle of the door almost. I mean, take it back to your Plymouth dealer and see if <laughs> yeah. they'll do a corrosion warranty. Well, Chrysler dealer still exists, so. And I'm still under the mileage probably because it only has like 68K on it. Um, so anyway, there's a hole in my door now, and I'm super frustrated. So now the night has not gone well because I haven't been able to change over the wheels because there's no jack stands and only one jack. And I have to take the wheels off the Starion, put them on the Sapporo, and the wheels on the Sapporo onto the Starion. Yep. So I can't even do like one at a time because I only have one jack. Nope. So I say, all right, I'll fix the rust. Can't fix the rust. Now there's a hole in the door. All right, I'm here. The car's been in storage for years. I'm going to at least wash the dirt off of it. So I wash the car. Wash the car, vacuum the interior. I want to clean the dashboard, not with, like, super shiny stuff. Just clean it because it's dirty from sitting. Mm-hmm. Go back in the garage. That is now a garage cars don't get worked on. And there's no interior cleaning products, which I can't complain about because it's not my garage. Well, how does he clean his interior? Just dust them off? They don't get dirty because they don't leave the garage enough. They just get dusted uh... off. So in the place where I thought I found interior cleaning wipes, it was monitor cleaning wipes for cleaning his television in the garage. <laughs> So, anyway, that's that's the state of my father's garage. Just be careful with that low shine stuff, because like I said, I don't know if it's the formula that changed or the parts have aged in our cars, but I've managed to wipe off the window switch lithographs on my cars. Yeah, so I'm not trying to do low shine stuff. I was just trying to use some... I've even used glass cleaner. cleaner. So, literally... Ammonia-free glass cleaner? Yeah. Hmm. Just take a damp rag and wipe it down. Okay. That's all I really need. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably put some kind of protectant on the dashboard itself. I would, and then just around where there's lithograph stuff, don't get it there. Okay. Well, I, know I, I never have... noticed it before. I've definitely cleaned my car with armor all before. It's never done anything to the lithographs. Right. And all of a sudden, they change the alcohol content of these products or something. And it's... So it takes the white printing right off? Yeah. Or it's just age. Suddenly, they're... Mm-hmm. But these cars... My cars haven't sat in the sun very much. And all yeah. of a sudden, they're... That's weird. Yeah. Well, regardless, anyway, whatever phrases I say, I can't remember now. 
<laughs> um, so I vacuumed the car. I wiped it down a little bit. Everything's good. Washed the outside and said, I'll go there tonight and take care of the wheels and tires because you were around so I could borrow a jack from you so I could use two jacks. And I was going to help you. We are going to NASCAR change these tires and wheels. Yeah, exactly. So we'll fast forward to today. So I had moved the car last night and just parked it in a spot. And I get there today and I pull the car forward, get everything all ready to swap over, pull down the Starion, which starts and runs beautifully even though it's been sitting for Oh my god, that car runs years. so good. Sitting for years. And it cranked it's like, like super quiet. Like the fourth crank, it just fired right up. It just just drove like the, like, I, like I drove it yesterday. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you need a jump pack, but other than that. So then I noticed that underneath where the Sapporo had been parked, there was a large puddle of transmission fluid again. Cool. Yeah, not cool. So obviously my attitude changed immediately, and I didn't change my tires and wheels again. And we cleaned up everything, put everything away, parked the steering back, and loaded the Sapporo up on the lift in your father's garage. Yep. Where we thought the worst, we thought it was leaking out of the front seal behind the torque converter again because of where the drip was on oh, the yeah. bell housing. Thankfully, inside the bell housing is dry. Perfectly dry. So it's not coming from there. Uh, we cleaned it all off with brake clean, wiped it down, mm-hmm. stared at it for 15, 20 seconds, and watched fluid. Like we even started the car up and ran it. Yeah, to pressurize inside of it. Nothing was coming off. Yeah. So I have a theory about this. All right, well, let's let them know what happened first. Okay. Um, so we found a spot where it's leaking at the front edge of the pan, mm-hmm. um, right through, because there was, we can't get a gasket for it, so we used gray RTV. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, nobody makes a gasket for the A904B. RTV like, should be fine. Should be fine, yes. It was last time. Yep. So it's leaking out of the front of the pan again. I'm going to try... To clean it really good tomorrow, and maybe just put some more RTV on from the outside. It's seeping. It's definitely seeping. So what I think is happening, I shouldn't say theory, this is a hypothesis. Which is kind of a theory, isn't it the same thing? They're slightly different, but that's being pedantic. Um, yeah, I don't know the difference. When you're running... I'm not a college man. When you're running the car, you're caught a cheese man. <laughs> I'm a caught a cheese man. <laughs> uh, when you're running the car, it's pulling fluid out of the pan, and it's pressurizing it through the transmission. Of course. When the vehicle, so that it wasn't leaking when it was running. Right. And when you shut it off, it pulls in the pan. Pulls in the pan, rises up Mm -hmm. above where it's slightly open that's seeping out. So if you think if you start the vehicle and run it, clean this area and then mush more sealant in there. While it's running. While it's running. That might be enough. Do the trick. So if you look, this is going to be hard to describe because there's no visuals here. If you look, the pan is only like a quarter inch deep. I believe you took a picture of it. Did you not? I did, but I'm going to describe it anyway. So the pan is like a quarter inch deep, and then the flange on the bottom of the transmission is like another quarter of an inch. Mm -hmm. But where the indicator is on the dipstick for the transmission is probably an inch and a half to two inches up from there. So when that thing is sitting still, that pan is filled above and beyond the seam, into the transmission, mm-hmm. another couple, another inch or so. So there's a lot of fluid sitting right there, which is why when the car shuts off, you're probably right. The weight of the fluid on top of the fluid at that point in the transmission is enough to push it up through that small slit in the seal somehow. So you're probably correct, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So that's where the car sits now. 
it sits on your father's lift once again. Uh, actually, he doesn't even know that because he wasn't home. He's going to come home to a surprise, but that's okay. He might hear this podcast before he realizes it's in there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I'll be going there at some point and resealing that transmission again, hopefully for good this time. Um, and I'm still going to try to make the trip. So the list is I need to put a muffler on it. I need to put tires on it. Mm-hmm. And I need to get an inspection sticker, a registration, and an inspection sticker. You have seven days because you're registered. Inspe- yeah, it's true for an inspection sticker. So, regardless, it will get done. It'll be at Radwood, one way or another. Come hell or high water. And you're drinking heavy booze tonight, so we're. It's a- like weird stuff. It's this. We're a quarter way to the glass, so it might, a- shit might get weird. There's a lot of water in it. It's a pre mixed sweet tea drink thing that has liquor in it it's no it's sweet tea it's vodka it's vodka sweet tea yeah came in a, like a handle of it yeah we won it at this uh vfw post dinner that we go to monthly my wife and i so it was like <laughs> oh it's it's 70 proof vodka oh yeah it's good it, it's not uh it's the, it's not like a weird mixed drink thing it's it's vodka with sweet tea flavor i love sweet tea though and it looks like sweet tea i love sweet tea i love vodka this is for me <laughs> Whatever. I didn't have any because responsibility. I have to drive home and I live, you know, 25 miles north of here. So. I have to walk upstairs. Yeah, well. We're at Automotive Podcast. We can't talk about drinking and driving and we don't do it. So I'll have a beer drink podcast, but I will not have a 70 proof <laughs> sweet tea drink. Mm-hmm. Unless I was crashing on your couch tonight. But my dog probably wouldn't like that very much. So, what do we got going on today other than project cars? Because I think I'm done with my project car updates. Down date, update, down date, update, down date, update? Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else to do with mine. I got, like, I found the old grill I had put away. The original grill for the car that was painted. I I don't know. I thought it would be cool to swap in an unpainted black one years ago, and it was just on the car. Right. Probably but- at the same time and the same age, we decided that red intake tubing was cool and a red yeah, cover was yeah, cool yeah 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 definitely it is yeah. what it is doesn't matter i'm correcting it the, i mean you didn't do neon lights and no. tvs in the headrests so you did i did okay. all stuff that was bolt-on things you, that did, can be you did okay so the painting grill looks way better but for some reason i took 100%. the emblem out of it and i think it was because the emblem was chewed up with rock chips anyways and yep. i was going to do something with it and then come to find out there's a guy on ebay it's like Hoosier decal. This is his username. Like Hoosier, like Indiana? Yeah. Okay. And he sells a replica of the original badge. And it's like the puffy material. Not like puffy, but it's the 3D-ish sticker. It's almost like a sticker with like a clear the clear coat over it. Yeah. It yeah. looks like the factory one. And it's going to, I'm going to put it in there. It should fit pretty well. And, and uh, it's the same person I got the decals for the Gallant side. That says the, the door decals. Yeah. The replica that he... And he also makes, like, if I have other stuff painted on the car, he makes replica decals of the original stuff. With the original colored backgrounds? No, oh, they're clear. No backgrounds, so, so you can put any color. Yeah. That's cool. So I might just aura set just to keep them in case yeah, the guy disappears. But it's a good idea. It's pretty cool that somebody's making them, and it's cool that, like, vinyl technology is getting... It's more than just, like, a vinyl sticker. I, more than a die-cut sticker. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put that on. I got replica reproduction HRE stickers to go on the new center caps that came with the wheels. Yep. So they're not all scratched up, so I'm going to put those on. I got, oh, I got correct size lug nuts. 
Well, so you can run center caps. Yeah, so they don't nice. stick out too far. Um, I have to swap. I did one wheel. I'm going to swap over the other one. So I'm going to clean. I washed the car over the weekend, put a little tire shine on there, took some pictures that I posted. But uh, I just have to um, take it back out, just clean it up a little bit more, put a little more tire shine on there, vacuum the interior. The car's really not that dirty. It was just covered in cobwebs. And spiders. Yeah, from sitting for so long, but I was sitting in a garage, so. Yeah, and I just threw some spray wax on there. I was going to wax it, and I was like, oh, after I wash it, it's pretty shiny. I threw some spray wax on there, and it mm-hmm. came right back. So, for now, I'm not going to take the time to wax it. I'll just run it. Oh, if you have some free time, just wax it. Yeah. Or spray wax it. If you don't, you don't. It's clean. Yeah, it looks good to me. It does. Uh, that's about it for that. Events. We went to Seacoast Cars and Coffee. Upcoming? or Okay, yes. Previous events. Yeah. That was the last one of the year. Yep. Uh, but I drove the Talon there. That's where I did my shakedown miles. Uh, it was pretty cool. I haven't driven that car in forever. Yeah, it was really neat riding behind you because it felt like it was 12 years ago. Yeah. So you brought the Colt, which does not run hot on the highway. And it was a cool day, so it actually ran even cooler. It even indicated cooler, yeah. It ran so well. So that was good. And we were doing like 75 the whole way. Yep. It ran really well. I mean, it still it still tacks out pretty high. Yeah. At seventy five. Yeah. Doesn't love it, but yeah, it goes along just fine. I wouldn't do it all day, but for a twenty five minute jaunt down the highway, it's okay. Yeah, I was surprised too. The uh, I didn't expect the HREs to balance up like perfectly, but they're pretty smooth. It's pretty smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Considering they're old used wheels, so pretty happy with that. It was cool. We passed that uh, Z six hundred in the highway. Yeah, I was trying to think of what that was. A Honda Z six hundred. Yeah. I think it was like a seventy. Four. Yeah. Tiny little thing. And then when we went to Cars and Coffee, he was parked next to at Mud Hen Racing. Yes, the Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper. Patrick. Our buddy Patrick from Rally Crossing. The car was cool, though, because it was a Z600 with the original 600cc air-cooled motorcycle engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had these little tiny fender flares and these little 10-inch... The hi- uh, Hayashis? No, work. Work. Uh, work Mark IIs. Like which four like spokes. a four-spoke, squared-off, four-spoke-looking wheel. Like which in a ten inch, a ten inch is like incredibly rare, and the fact that he found them on local Craigslist is just no. He found them on eBay. Lo- local eBay though, he had to pick them up. Like oh. they weren't far away. Yeah, and they had tires on. They're like Avons or something on them. Yeah, yeah. He said they were like a thousand bucks, but whatever. They're yeah. really cool. Yeah, they're cool. He probably shouldn't have ran those tires, but you know whatever. Not my car, not my head. And <laughs> uh, so that was a cool car. And then there was a really really clean four-eyed fox body yeah so like an 86 down silver i think it was like 84 to 86 is that particular body style with an incredibly clean coyote engine swap yeah they did like a full engine base smoothing Mm -hmm. and then did a coyote swap yeah it was really nice super nice and the colors were nice too it was very subdued it was silver with gray accents it had a gold mesh wheel with a polished lip Mm -hmm. had the factory gray you know, Mustang GT Recaros. Yep. With the mesh headrests and the little red pinstripe. It was just super clean car. Yeah, it was really nice. I I love, I mean, it's probably just comes in the time that we grew up, but a clean Fox Buddy Mustang just checks a bunch of boxes. Like, even though they're not like the greatest car in the world. No, they're just, they bring you back to an era. Yeah. It's why people who are 20 years old and are 20 years older than us are like super into 60s muscle cars. I think they're just proportionally uh, 
a pretty a Fox car. body is a very good looking car. It seem I mean, third gen Camaro Firebirds aren't they're not bad looking, but they seem long. Because they are long. Yeah. Do you ever look at a firebird from the side? Like a third gen firebird. Yeah, they're very you look long. at the the overhang in front of the front wheel and behind the rear wheel. Like the approach angle on them is ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. They're not bad looking. I just it they're just a totally different I don't know. It compared to the way the new I feel like the new Camaro, the current gen and the current Mustang are very close in size. Even though I think the new Mustang wears its proportions better than a new Camaro. 100%. Yeah. But the new Regardless Cam- of driving dynamics, because that gets into a whole different thing. Some people yeah, are like, plus we've never driven either of them, so we yeah. can't really say much about it. But I said, like, proportionally, if I was going to plop the money down, even if the Camaro maybe runs a faster lap time somewhere, I'd probably buy a Mustang over it because I think it's a better yep. looking car. Yeah. Driving experience is important, but liking the looks of the car is important too. Yeah. Which is how you know I'm broken because <laughs> I drive ugly cars and I love them. Okay. <laughs> oh, and we saw our um, uh, listener Frank with yep. a six-speed Challenger mm-hmm. that he did up as Ghostbusters. De- decked up for Halloween as a Ghostbusters car, which is pretty good. Which uh, it's SRT8 core on Instagram. Yes. You, he has a very funny Instagram account yep. with his car. He's very self-aware of how large a Challenger is. Yeah, he's very self-aware of the fact that he's driving a Challenger, and he's okay with people making jokes about it because yeah, it is what it it's is. It's a good follow. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because it's six-speed, and he drives it year-round. Yep. So I respect that. Anything else? I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. There was, it was there a, a, good... a bunch of nice cars. There's probably a good 400 cars there. But oh, there's just... a Diablo. That the first time I've seen the album in a long time. Oh, and the car of the show for me was the, the TVR. No, the Glass GT. Oh yeah, it was a Glass GT on twin Webers in with an Alpina airbox mm-hmm. and Alpina wheels, and it was just gorgeous. For those who don't know, a Glass GT is a BMW 2002 based fastback. Um, I don't know a lot of the history of the car. I just know what the car is, and I know they're really cool. Why is it called a Glass? That's the company that made them. G L A S. Okay. I um there was a there's a good mix of cars there. Hans Glass GmbH. And there was a good mix of what you would see at a cruise night and what you'd normally see at a cars and coffee. So there's a lot of older hot roddy type cars, 50s, 60s cars. Yeah, it was a good mix. And new cars. Yeah, it was very cool. So that is a good it's a good show. It's a good it's a large enough space, I guess. I mean, it seemed a little smaller. I don't know. Maybe because it was like, I think there was like import face-off or something was going on this weekend. At so, Epping. Yeah. Yes, it was. So maybe that's why it was a little smaller crowd, but it was a pretty good crowd. Um, that like mini, there was some like half ton army trucks. So those half tons, two tons. So normally you see like the, they call them a deuce and a. Deuce and a half. Deuce and a half. It was like, it looked like a deuce and a half, but it was like half the size. Yeah. So it was like a deuce and a quarter, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know what it was. It was like if you asked a kid to draw a red truck, that's what they would draw, just all squared off and stuff. But it was cool. So I dug that. I think that's about it, though, for that. 
Yeah, I don't, Dues and a Half is the big one. It looks just like it, but it's smaller. It was a forestry service truck, I think, originally, or a fire department truck. But it's not a Dues and a Quarter, because that's an Electra. All right, let's, uh, let's hop right into listener questions so we don't uh, go too long here. Go to Facebook first, or do you want to do Instagram first? Doesn't matter. Maybe we can do either. Let's do Instagram oh, actually, first. Actually, before we get to questions, um, what do you got? Let's bring up, we're talking events. Let's talk the last mention of Radwood before we go. So Radwood is this weekend in Philadelphia. Yeah. If you're on the East Coast and you have some free time to get to Philadelphia, please come down. Um, if you plan on showing a car, buy your ticket online ahead of time because they say it will sell out. Yep. Um, if you're planning on spectating, you don't need to buy a ticket ahead of time. Nope. Uh, if you're bringing a Rad 4x4, be sure to look up uh, Mitsubishi Montero's USA on Facebook. They're planning an after Radwood off-road trip. Uh, just a short one. It's about 30 minutes, 45 minutes from the event. Um, they're going to do a little off-road trip right there. And if you follow Mitsubishi Montero's USA and look at, they're doing a photo contest right now as well, which you'll win some cool swag from those guys. So look up on their Instagram page and you'll see all that stuff. All right. Okay, that's all. Moving on to listener questions. All right. Let's go Instagram. Start with sure thing. Yeti Overland. Which host will eat the most cheesesteaks during the Radwood Philly trip? Uh, that would be Brad. Hashtag cheese stains. Brad. I don't know. I like I like a good cheesesteak. Yes, but I am the more unhealthy eater. What was the cheesesteak place? I keep forgetting the name. Jim's. Jim's on South Street. Yeah, that's the, the old school one we want to go to. Yeah, it's like all black and white checkerboard. It's it, We've been there before. My pro tip is to get a cheesesteak, not with the whiz cheese, because that's like, like what comes out of a can, like that stuff. Get it with like a sharp cheese, like a provolone, and then some uh, like um, not banana peppers. What's those spicy peppers? They're green spicy peppers. They're in vinegar. I'm not gonna answer the question for you. I can't remember what they are. Oh my gosh, what are these peppers called? Peppercinis. Put peppercinis on it. They're delicious. Um, all right. Yeti Overhand has another question. Uh, also, what are you doing to support the choice of a Harlequin conver- conversion to iron oxide racing? <laughs> so we're going to do Harlequin on the go- race car, the Mark II Golf? Well, the back half is yellow now. Right. Front half is red. Right. We were go- hoping to go with the uh, McDonald's Donk theme. Okay. Um, but I think that there's a, another delivery in the works, which I'm not sure if we're supposed to talk about or not. No, let's leave it for surprise. Okay. So there is a throwback livery in the works. We'll yeah. leave it at that. Uh, it will not be a Harlequin. No. Harlequin would be cool. Um, it would also facilitate um, telephone pole damaged panel changing because you would have to worry about the color. Yeah. But uh, it is not happening. There will be a, uh, we'll say Radwood era livery. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly, but like a tribute going on the car. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about the livery. The car is coming along nicely though. Yeah. The back half is already welded to the front half. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Dark fact. In the picture posted earlier with the Colton Town ripping down the foliage covered road, it says, Where the hell is that? Please recommend some good driving roads locally. I'm in Bradford, Mass. Well, that's awesome that you're in Bradford, Mass, because I live like a minute and a half from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradford is the other side of Haverhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live on the other side of Haverhill, on the Groveland Georgetown side. So you should definitely swing by the garage at some point up there, and we'll talk cars or something. Anyway, we'll talk offline. Um, 
That road was in what town was that in New Hampshire? I forget. <laughs> it was what was near, the name? What was the name of the place we went to? Apple Crisp Farms. Nope. Apple Crest. Apple Crust. Apple. We're terrible. Apple bottom <laughs> jeans, boots. Oh no, sorry. Apple. Yep. Apple something. We didn't go apple picking. We, we did went, not. No, because no. they have a really good restaurant there. Yeah. So we went to have brunch after the apple coffee. Cre- the Apple Crest Bistro. Yes, is where we had lunch. It was a road near is. there. There's a bunch of neat little roads around there, but it's it was near like Exit One, Hampton Falls, New Hampshire. Yeah. So that's where we were. It was near Exit One off 95. Yeah, we chose to not drive straight down the highway, so we took a bunch of back roads. And honestly, the way we found those roads that day was, I think we just took followed GPS directions that didn't take the highway. Yeah. So. Find a destination in New Hampshire and hit don't take highway and go that way. But dark facts, uh, yeah, if we come hang out at the garage, we can talk about finding some driving roads. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I will also support Applecrest Farm Bistro because it was delicious. And yeah. Everybody should just go there. So that's what you should do. You should go on a Saturday or Sunday, take a day, and put Applecrest Farm as Bistro in your GPS, no highways. And just go there and you'll find oh, all Oh, and maybe drinks. if you get lucky, they'll spill Andrew's drink on you. Yes. And then Andrew gets a free drink. But <laughs> I also get free donuts. That's right. Yes. Uh, yes. A- Andrew ordered, what was that, your drink? A, uh, we, we, it was we, an we, apple cider mimosa. Yes, an apple cider mimosa. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I was For some reason, I was thinking of something else, but it was not. Uh, it was an apple cider mimosa. Um, and the waitress spilled it all over my lap. Yep. And she felt bad. And she gave you your drink for free. And then, and then I was like, what the hell? I'm the one that got the drink spilled on me. I didn't really say that, but I thought that. Um, but she brought us apple cider donuts. And then we so. went to leave after we had these apple cider donuts. We yeah, asked like to wrap the, up we had the like last two. two left, yeah. She brought out a full bag again. Yes. So it was pretty so, sweet. I actually had them for breakfast this morning. And then... Because I totally bogarted them all and brought them all home because I was the one covered in booze. Fine. But I went to get coffee as we were leaving because they had a little coffee bar. And they messed up my drink order and made my wife and I, I ordered the same drink with almond milk. And she's like, oh, shoot, I didn't give you almond milk. Do you have somebody in your party that will drink these? And I was like, why, yes, I do. Yeah, so we got your other two drinks. Yeah, so, so we got free, a bunch of free drinks yeah, and free but stuff. But regardless of the free stuff, the place is delicious. And it worked out in good, our favor And there's good day. driving roads there. And even if it's a long wait to go inside, they had cornhole boards to play while you're waiting for yeah. your tables. Yeah, so that was fun. Anyway. All right, moving on. Dave LC2, what's the coolest, oh, what was the coolest 80s feature in a car that you think cars should have today? I think it's the oscillating vents in the 82 to 92 Mazda MX-6 was 88. a neat, and 88 to 92, uh, MX-6 was a neat and useful feature. Have you ever seen those before? I've never seen them in person. Okay. But I know what they are. Yeah, they oscillate, they swing back and forth in the vents. I know what oscillation means. I'm just... Yes, I'm sure most of our audience does too. I should not assume that everybody is dumb and I'm smarter than all. Because it's not true. I like the talking feature in your Sapporo. That's what I was going to say. Car should still talk to you. The door is ajar. Please remove ignition key. Yeah. Instead Please of like, turn off headlights. Boop, instead of just that. Well, the, you know there's a switch under the seat where I can change it to just an indicating tone. Oh, really? Yeah. Why would you do that? Well, uh, you know, if you drive the car enough days in a row, you do get tired of yelling at you to put your seatbelt on. It's Siri. Please. It's proto-Siri. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's Sapporo. That's probably the coolest feature. I can't think. Other than the birthday alarm in your Cressida. That was the coolest one. And the story behind that was kind of neat, too, because it was a Cressida. It had a sport package. So it had the cloth seats. Um, was it a sport package? I don't know what it was a sport package, but whatever the package was, 
it was a sportier package, and it had mm-hmm. the cloth seats and some other and a digital dash, mm-hmm. and it had a trip computer. Yep. And the trip computer showed distance to empty, um, instantaneous mile per gallon, um, run time, like trip time, um, and then it said birthday. And I remember I bought the car and didn't think much of it, and I sat there and I plugged my birthday into it because I was like, oh, whatever, it's my birthday. And then I got in the car on my birthday and I put the key in the ignition. And this weird speaker buried somewhere under the dashboard, not related to anything else, started playing a digitized version of, like an 80s digitized version of the Happy Birthday song mm-hmm. that morning when I started my car. It's pretty sweet. That was a cool feature. That and bouncy seats in er, first-gen Monteros. Yep. So all three things in cars that I own or have owned. Yep. But I can't think of anything else that was a cool 80s feature. I mean, oh, one another really cool one, the AE86 Corolla. Had the fog light covers that were motorized. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Those are pretty cool. All right. Good answers. Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4 crew. Who is the third famous Daredevil? So he's referring to... I just was talking to um, Eric yeah. about that the other day. He just listened to the Devil at Your Heels yeah. episode. So what do we call that episode? Uh the aim for the aim for the roses aim comes for the roses. from. That's what it is. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. And he just watched the documentary. I sent him a link to watch the documentary, and he was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." It's awesome. Yeah. So he watched the Devil at Your Heels. It's on what... YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, or yeah. listen to our episode, go watch it on YouTube and it, listen to our episode. Yeah. That's probably my favorite episode we've ever done. Yeah. It's really, you know, if I do say so myself, it's really good. Um, I don't know who the third famous Daredevil is, no, but that's what he's referring to. Who is that guy? That the guy was dressed up as at Radwood Atlanta. Oh, Super Dave Osborne? Super Dave Osborne. He'd be third <laughs> famous, right? So it's Evil Knievel, obviously, is first. Yeah. And then... Um, Ken Carter. Ken Carter is second. Yeah. And Super Dave Osborne would be my third. Sure. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. All right. Next up. I think it's Brief 61 or Bref. Brief works. B-R-E-I-F. Black Cherry 1GA DSM, cool because it's purple, or despite being purple, semi-related, this podcast makes me miss my DSM days, my wallet grows warm. Uh, 1GA DSM in purple is cool because it's purple. Yeah. I mean, as Radwood era colors are purple. What's cooler than a, what was a Techno Violet M3? Yeah. Not much. Purple is cool. Purple was cool in the 70s on Challengers and Barracudas and Plum Crazy. Purple was cool in the 90s. I meant to bring down my 90 sales brochure to actually get the technical name of that color. But I, I forgot what it is. Cause mine's like, mine's not champagne. It's like gray amethyst or something weird. And then what was your blue color called? I don't know, but hold on. I'm looking also, at- that was the other cool thing. So if it's, if it's a purple TSI, it was basically, it was a tritone car. So it's silver bottom. That was the other cool thing. Like what was the last time? You got a sports car that had a silver bottom, a colored middle, and a, and black, a black roof. roof. Like that was that was kind of wild. Like I always liked that your car had three tones. Yeah, silver bottom, blue middle, black roof it was definitely cool. Yeah, and I kept it that way. But I don't know what the color is called, so we'll just keep going. I got it right here. Hold on. You got it. I'm just trying to make it bigger. All right. This stupid. All right. Black Cherry. Black Cherry. All right. So Black Cherry. Yep. Yours is Pewter Mist. Pewter Mist. And then 
there was rally with an e red yeah they uh, do look good in red, solid red mm-hmm. with black roof. My car was midnight blue metallic, mm-hmm. and then there's bright white and black. So my two favorites are, actually, I didn't wasn't a huge fan of the blue on my car. That's why I changed it, made it a darker blue when I painted it. <laughs> it worked though. The the darker blue I changed it to mm-hmm. did. Yeah, that was actually a Chevy color, because um, the midnight blue was a little too. I don't know. It wasn't a little more teal. It wasn't blue enough. It was just kind of a. It was almost like a faded blue, even though paint wasn't faded. But yeah, black cherry metallic is the name of the color. All right, cool. Uh, I don't know how. Gissi Yupich? Hold on. Please hold. I have to get back there now. All right. Gisupich. Gisupich. No idea. So which motor do you prefer for the Mitsubishi Galant Super Saloon 1992? I mean, 4G63. 4G63 Turbo. Yeah. There's no other. There is no other. No. I mean, I wouldn't turn down a clean Galant of that generation of any body, of any power plant. Yeah. Even a single cam automatic car I would drive for the wintertime or daily or whatever. Sure. But yeah, 4G63 Turbo. All right. Uh, Who's your daddy RS? When will Brad's RX-7 run again? That is a deep cut because we haven't even talked about my RX-7 possibly ever. Maybe. Maybe once. He's just stalking you. Yeah. Well, no, he follows me on It does run though, doesn't it? Oh, it does run. Yeah, it'll run and drive. It just needs body work. Mm-hmm. So it's a, for those that don't know, it's a 1990, 91, 90, 90 FC convertible with 36,000 original miles. Yeah, please don't call it a vert. You'll hurt no, it's, me. It's You'll a, hurt it's me. It's a convertible. If I ever said vert in my no, life. Yeah. People say vert. Unless I was talking about skateboarding. Vert is like nails in a chalkboard. Yeah, day. it's not. Not true. Actually, technically, in Japan, they called it, they called it, and it was labeled with an emblem, the cabriolet. That's fine. Yeah, but it's it's convertible. So my FC convertible is a thirty-six thousand mile original car that I bought because it was a light hit in the nose, and it's just not a project that I've gotten to yet. I have almost all the parts except a front bumper because it's a two-year only front bumper, and it's hard to find. All right, cool. But it will run again. And then related. And so- Alex Stadel, weight at TSI SS350 has an RX-7. Yes, there you go. Right. TSI SS350 has had a few RX-7s, currently has one. His father currently has two, but at peak had three. And at peak between the two of us, there were five. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a little RX-7 problem. I would still like a first gen. Yeah, my father has the 84 first gen with 19,000 miles. Gorgeous car. And he also has a 1990 convertible, also white. Mm-hmm. Um, knife informer James. So I think he's asking what we would drive. Prefer- oh yeah, pre- preference. So Glavia Four, Spirit RT, Gen One, SHO Manual, One Ninety E Two Three Sixteen, Saab Nine Thousand Turbo Two Liter, Nineteen Ninety Three Maxima SE, Volvo Eight Fifty Turbo Sedan, or Audi Ninety Twenty Valve Quattro. Those are all solid choices. They're not all solid choices. No. I mean, a Ninety Three Maxima is not really. Uh, as long as it's a manual. I mean, I guess they were okay, but they're, I don't, they're kind of cool and boxy looking. I don't think I'd ever. Des- the only Maxima that I would desire to own is a first gen Maxima. Okay, because it's basically a two eighty Z. Yeah. Sedan. Yep. It's inline six. So I have a real love for eight fifty turbo. Yep. There's Be- no secret just there. Because my mom had one when I was a kid. I grew up in them. Yeah. And they're just super cool looking cars. Yeah, the, the car that looks looks like the box it came in. 
Yep. So I have personal experience, obviously, with the Clamp VR4, as well as you do as well. And I have personal experience with a Saab 9000 Turbo. I currently own both of those cars. Um, I mean, I seem like a Mitsubishi person, but I'm really a Volvo person at heart. Yeah. <laughs> you just own a lot of Mitsubishis. Yeah. Like we grew up, I grew up with Volvos. We always had Volvos. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up with nothing but Camaros and Corvettes and Thunderbirds, so. You have a Camaro. Yeah, I guess, but still. Which it's funny. I My theory, of course, is that when Volvo went up market, all those same people that were Volvo people are now Subaru people. That's not a theory. That's a proven fact. Yeah. 100%. And I have many customers who are Subaru owners who say they used to drive a Volvo. Yeah, because now my entire family, now we're Subaru people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they went, the Volvo went so far up market that they're just not affordable anymore. Yeah. You can you can spec out a Volvo SUV to pretty close to 100 grand, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, But yeah, so I have personal experience currently because I currently own a Glant VF4 and a Saab 9000. Um, Saab 9000 is a super sleeper of a car. People don't think about them at all. They're fast. They handle really well. Um, and once you've replaced the ignition coil packs, they're pretty damn reliable. So I like them a lot. But they're only available in front-wheel drive. Yeah. If I were to pick any one car from this list, I don't have actual experience behind the wheel of one I would like to. It would be the 190E. Mm-hmm. So it's over 9,000. Over 9,000 what? Nothing. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would pick the one I'd eat over the 9,000. Okay. I get your reference of over 9,000, but <laughs> anyway, um, yes. So. Yeah, I'm not Also, really... side note, if anybody wants to buy a Saab 9,000, <laughs> I yeah. might have one for sale. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that into Audi 90s. No, I like the previous generation yeah, and the generation kinda, after it. They're kind of too round for some reason. They, I just, they don't do it for me. I do like the, they have weird bumpers that have like an exposed beam with a rubber bumper around it yeah which is kind of cool and i like the coupe quattros yeah you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take it back because there's a local one to us that red sedan with the big hellas in the front of it and it looks pretty good so, yeah i they're kind of funky looking you gotta kind of really love them i'm not that into them but i could see it some people would probably really love them obviously but the spirit rt is really the weird sleeper of this whole group because it's a spirit rt it's a dodge spirit yeah. I mean, they're fast. I was never they're into those neat. Omnis or Spirits. I just I like the original Omnis, but after that and I I really, really, really Or the like, Charger. I like the Shelby Charger a oh lot. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, I like it a lot. Ugh. It's a beautiful car. Man, you are Mopar or no car. No, I'm Is... not. I yes just, you are. I just chose a Saab over a Spirit. <laughs> Whatever. You love Dodges and Plymouths and Yeah. Go ahead and get in your Eagle and drive somewhere, all right? <laughs> next question albino 09 can we get weekly story times from brad all of the transmission ladder i haven't laughed out loud at a podcast like that in a long time well i appreciate the sentiment um i have to have experiences to tell stories so i could go back into my history of things that have happened and tell lots of stories but i don't know we'll save them as for gems when they come up in life uh, but was, I'm glad you enjoyed one. that story. Yeah, that was a good one. I almost had a heart attack as it was happening, but after the fact, it is a pretty good story. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Moving to Facebook. All right. Jamie Prohaska. What's the difference between a turbocharger and a supercharger? So, I know Jamie. She's trying to learn about cars. Okay. So, basically, they both do 
the same thing. The idea is that they're used... Add more air and add power. Yep. They're used for forced, indu forced induction. But they do so in a different way. So a turbocharger runs off of the exhaust, and it has a turbine wheel that gets spun by spent exhaust gases as they, as they leave the engine, and it's connected by, via a common shaft to a compressor wheel on the opposite side of the turbo. So where the exhaust side is called the hot side, because exhaust is hot. And then there's the cool side, or the compressor side. Where the air comes in. Where the air comes in. And as it comes in, it's compressed inside that turbine housing, and then it's forced into the engine, hence the forced induction. And then as long as you add enough fuel to match the amount of air that's now going into the engine, you get more power. Mm -hmm. So you can make more power from a smaller engine. They're very efficient. They're very efficient. Uh, you get some lag with early versions, mm -hmm. but uh, there's been some advancements with twin scroll and just the... I mean, honestly, intercooling and ball bearings made the biggest difference, I think. No. The <laughs> I mean, if you, drive, you drive some of my, like, my Starion, it's got a very small turbo on it, mm -hmm. and it still has pretty good lag because it's yeah. an early bushing-style turbo and no intercooler. Yeah. Well, now with twin scroll and variable valve well, timing... that makes a big difference, too, now, but... Variable valve timing makes a huge difference for spool. Yep. Um... But yeah, that and a vein, variable, variable vein turbos and some yeah, whole deep, yeah. deep side of things we can go down. Porsche runs variable vein, and they don't need uh, wastegates because they can just open the veins. You don't make boost pressure anymore. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, a supercharger runs off of the engine crankshaft, so it's typically belt driven. Um, and there's a couple different versions. There's a centripetal mm -hmm. or centrifugal centrifugal yep that looks kind of like a turbocharger the way it's shaped mm -hmm. um and then there is a roots type and it sits on top yeah and they just have different types of uh the way the air is compressed inside them it just looks a little different there's like either like what looks like screws that compress the air that's the root style it's two that's screws root that style. go together the centrifugal looks like a turbocharger it has a compressor wheel mm-hmm but they achieve the same thing, but there's a little bit more parasitic loss off of the engine because the engine is running the supercharger. However, there's less lag. But typically, supercharging is not as common as turbocharging because it's more efficient. Turbocharging is more efficient, yeah. yeah. And supercharging requires more space as a rule, and it requires more pulleys and more belts. It's more complicated. Yeah, so although an SQ5 is supercharged... So there's some engines that are supercharged, usually V engines, because current packaging, they can put the supercharger... As far as factory supercharger. Yeah, they can yeah. put the supercharger between the two banks of cylinders. But pretty typical and common now, turbocharging is being used more and more on four-cylinder cars. Yeah, uh, I can only think and of... And even uh, v, like V6s and stuff to increase power mm -hmm. and fuel economy. Yeah, Ford is famous for it right now with their EcoBoost engines. Mm -hmm. I can only think of a couple of factory supercharged cars that weren't V engines. Not very many. Usually, like a blower Bentley was like a straight eight or something, right? Well, that had the supercharger off the front of the car. Yeah. It wasn't on top of the engine. But I'm thinking like uh, Volkswagen Corrado had yeah. a supercharger, and that was an inline four, and it sat in front of the engine. Um, there was a Nissan, a small Nissan we didn't get here called the March, which was twin charged. Yeah. It had a supercharger and interpreter. Yeah, twin charging is pretty <laughs> wild. It's typically... It's very rare in cars. It's more likely seen in uh, piston-powered aircraft mm -hmm. because, obviously, at higher altitude, you have less air 
So it's beneficial to, to compress create, create the air. More air. Yeah, yeah, you're create you're artificially creating atmosphere by using a, a, a turbo and a supercharger, so it makes yeah, it more efficient. This, this could be a whole dig deep episode sometime about turbo we technology should. and where it started and where it's come from. We and should. Where it's I was gone. thinking about yeah. that when I saw this question. But yeah, so that's the basic gist of it. I hope that explains it well. Um so moving on. Jim Hodgson. What lift kit is on that DSM? Ooh. Referring, obviously, to Andrew's picture of his car. Oh, it's stock springs. It's funny how we think of that as a lift kit now, because when was the last time you saw a non-lowered DSM? It's been a while. Yeah. I think it actually looks pretty good that way. I think it'll look better lowered. It would 100% look better lowered. However, the IBAC springs and the AGXs do not play well. It's proven they ride like crap. However, they blow out the AGX is really fast. When I bought that setup that used to be on your car for my old car, it was it the was hot setup, the only setup you could get. Now there's some nice coilovers out there. Do you want to know a funny story? They're not in the budget right now, but next year, I bought that suspension setup at Indie Auto Parts. Whoa! Because it was pre-internet, like Amazon, and it was like go down to the you speed shop paid and buy them. All the money for them too. I know they were they were. They were, I bought them for the same price there that they sold them for, like, Mach 5. Yeah. So, um, basically, what happened was that setup was on the car. The AGXs blew out, of course, as AGXs do. Yep. I went through a few sets of rears. Yep. So, I um, I was just annoyed with it, and I was looking on eBay, and a guy had a set of stock springs with the AGXs all mounted together. I was like, sweet. And I just bought them a while ago, swapped them in. So I could drive the car. It wasn't bouncing around like crazy. It works for now. No apologies. <laughs> and also the last question of the night is from Joe Davis. Did you remove the cobwebs from this car prior to the photo shoot? I did. There was a lot of spider webs on it. A lot of spiders. Um, I've got a lot of daddy long legs in my garage. Well, you live on like wetlands. Uh, we kind of have an ag- we kind of have an agreement. I try to leave them alone because I know they eat other bugs. Yep. Um, You've named most of them. I mean, it's kind. Of, it was kind of scary working in the car. Occasionally, I'd touch like a spider web, or like find a dead one, or see a crawling one, and like, I don't really like spiders, but I work through it. I suffered through it. I clean them off. <laughs> car should be good to go now. Um. You know what's a weird thing I always notice? What is up with the small white spiders that seem to live on cars? I don't know. I call them car spiders. Yeah, they are car spiders. But they're always in cars. I don't understand where they come from. They must love leaky engines. They always, like, drop down from the visor as you're driving, and you want to just run off the road. The small red ones are in cars a lot, too. Yeah, I don't know what those are. The ones that you, like, squish, and it looks like a blood stain in your (laughs) pants. (laughs) So weird. Anyway. I think we're calling that a podcast. I think that's it. Sounds pretty good. All right. So as always, follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. Follow me on Instagram at Raced in Anger. And as always, follow me on Instagram by searching the hashtag Vintage Mitsubishi. Ooh. Ah, I'm not the only one that uses it, but probably most. Ah, uh, yeah, but my name is T-S- I think you started it, though. I did start it, yes. Uh, T-S-I-S-S-3-5-0. Cool. And uh, leave us some five-star reviews on iTunes if you use that. It helps us in the rankings. Yep, 100%. Uh, we're looking for sponsors. If there's any sponsors out there, contact Ooh, us. Andrew's had a few drinks. Autooftopic at gmail.com. 
Whatever. Also, also, we have new decals again, thankfully. Not, not new design, but we restocked up on decals. Okay, so. yeah, we, we got a restock of the classic decal. Yep. We will have them at Radwood. Yep. We'll and be if you, walking around. If you do rate and review us, send us a screenshot of it to the email and we'll and your address and we'll get you some in the mail. Yeah, we've been a lot faster at that. Promises. We have been a lot faster at that lately. Yes. But uh, if you run into us at Radwood... And uh, you want a sticker? Let us know. We'll both have stickers on us. Mm-hmm. We can have one. We might even just be handing them out to people trying to push the podcast. So we'll just be slapping them out of our hands. Yep, like dollar just bills. Throw them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. Keep your cars analog. See you later. And aim for the roses, Andrew. Oh yeah. Don't forget our famous last phrase. Ch-